How's it going, GTL fam? Pete here. Just got back from Copenhagen. I was there for two weeks uh, visiting my cousin out there. So me and Mario actually haven't had too much time to prepare new episodes. So instead of a new episode, we're going to have a highlight compilation of our favorite moments from the podcast. Hopefully you guys enjoy it, and we'll be back next week. See you guys then. Girls are freaky, man. Peter has this um, believable... Oh, you know how you don't feel like girls are sexual, super sexual? Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about this last time, mm -hmm. too. Where, yeah. like, I think girls are freaks. I think girls are more dogs than guys sometimes. Where I'm like... Facts. I mean... Big facts. Peter doesn't, me Peter, Peter doesn't believe that, though. Like, or not that he doesn't believe that. It's just, like, he's grown up with the belief that it's, they're more... They're, like... More, you know, like oh, I have to initiate the like the contact, or I have to initiate okay. that, you know. Traditional, Am I traditional right? man it's, work. It's, it's kind of like I. So I mean, obviously, I've been with girls that are freaks. Oh, but it's just that it's typically ooh. girls that I've been in relationships <laughs> with. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like they get comfortable to be open up to those things. But I don't think right off the bat, girls are like that. They're like, oh, dude, I just want to get slammed tonight. It's because you know the I mean? freak has to be unleashed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but but that's the thing though. I have. That's you have to tap into the freak. Dude, I have seen that too. That's the thing. But it's just I, it's just hard for me to unleash that shit. See that that's that's a norm. You know what I mean? I'm not saying like well on the surface, you know, it. everyone's gonna be like, "Hey, man, my name is Mark. Let's 69." Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> that gonna, freak has to be contained. Yeah. That's gonna and be the quote special. for the beginning of the episode. Right. That's gonna be the that's gonna be the intro. What's, what's gonna be the intro? <laughs> hey, my name is Mark. Let's 69. Oh, that's gonna love be it. it. <laughs> love it. What do you do to unleash the freak? Because normally uh, you keep the freak on the leash, right? Dude, I'm on a leash too. Even freakier. What's good? <laughs> what the? Straight up. Straight up. Um, unleash the freak. It just starts with like with like the nipples for me. <laughs> really? Are the nipples what the are you gateway? Doing with the are the nipples the gateway to the soul? To the freak? What the are you doing with these the nipples, gateway bro? sex drug for me. Really? Uh, they like just your, mine or I just oh. theirs. I was going to say, is it your nipples Wait, or your Stimulation. Ooh. Wherever. You can get me off rubbing my kneecap. You just got to do it right. <laughs> You just gotta do it. Aye! <laughs> <laughs> this one's this one's all bricked up, man. You're Holy there. shit, bro! <laughs> Give me the fucking under the table kneecap rub, bro. No, no one can see it. No one can see it. <laughs> so the nipples are the gateway to the soul. For me, for me, yes. definitely. For Is okay. there um, a technique, a uh, kind of spirit you have to embody to get this to happen? Okay. What is what? Walk me through the process. Okay. So. You know, say we're in bed, we're cuddling. I'm like, test. I'm testing. I don't know if I'm be able to touch her boobs. I don't know if she wants me to. So I'm like, I'm like itsy bitsy spidering up in that mud. And I'm like feeling, feeling around. You know, I'll, I'll lift, I'll lift the front. The exactly. That comes Tip up. it over, bro. I'm like lifting under. If there's like no, like, uh, then it's like okay. Then we go a little further, but like kind of entice okay. it, entice oh, it. I see, I see. But once you get to the motherland and you pinch that nipple. The second move is just, just take the bra off. Boom. Pinch and twist, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Pinch and twist. But damn. twist the twist depends on, you know, her level of pain. Don't twist too hard. That's yeah, kind of fucked true. up. So have you experienced love? Yeah, like for that? sure. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like everybody deserves love. And I feel like everybody deserves happiness. So I feel like all the viewers out there, find your true love. And you might break some hearts in between, but it, or your heart might get broken, but it's totally fine. And you said you've experienced love yeah, before? Yeah, I definitely have. Like from a like one specific person or a couple um, times? A couple times before, because mm. I feel like you experience different types of love with people. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's all just 
I don't know how to explain it because like you can love one person, but you can also love another person, but just in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how it is. Have you guys experienced love? It's so like, I feel like guys are just so like cold hearted and they're just like, (laughs) yeah. I think we've talked about this, right? Where it's like, is there uh, oh, first love. Was it first love or one true love? I don't know. It's like, do you believe that you have, okay, let's say you experience like true. Oh, I know you're talking about. There's like three different types of loves. Oh, is it? Is that what you're going to say? Oh, uh, there's oh, true love. Yours. Let's say you mm-hmm. experience love with someone, right? And mm-hmm. they're like, you know, it's, that's, they're the one. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, something happens, you guys break up, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you experience love again. Mm-hmm. Is it the same thing as that previous love? As like maybe your first love? No, I don't think so. And I, f- I feel like you have you have to love people differently because everyone also has like different ways they want to be loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you also change as a person. Yeah. So you want to be loved a certain way, like in, in your life. Yeah. But I thought there was like three types of love. I thought that's what you were going to say. What it's like they? your first love, your true love and like the love that comes easy. Oh. And so you're supposed to experience three in your life. Never had the easy one. So <laughs> you never had the easy one. It's, uh, it's all it's hard not, love for him. Yeah, you just I work hard. My, my hands are like this from all the hard work and the relationships. I just feel like that's like <laughs> life is giving you the same lesson until you learn it over again. Like until oh. you fucking master that lesson. Oh, Peter don't listen. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what it is for you. You better, unless you experience another love, you're still going to repeat the same thing. What do you need to learn? I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I've learned nothing. So, So I kind of want to play devil's advocate a little bit, right? She could. No, she's (laughs) she's great. And that's why I kind of want to go against grain a little bit. You want to challenge me? Yeah, of course. I would love to. And here we are, right? Accepted. The the reason why (laughs) I mentioned that is because I feel like that is way bigger of an obstacle than them not aligning in their time of their lives, Right. right? And. Another thing is that when you have a significant other who has cheated on you, right? typically when you agree to aligning or not, there's still going to be that insecurity yes. of trust issues. I agree. So how can you let go of the idea that this person, especially in marriage, especially with the child, has agreed to the biggest lining of trust ever? Mm-hmm. And somehow still broke it. Mm. And now you got to listen to them after they've done that deed mm. and say, I'm aligning with you right now. I'm okay. I'm I can okay. I can work with this. Yeah. So there's a difference, right? So what Mario is describing is something like that hasn't been really fully delved into and not a lot of commitment or vulnerability has probably mm. happened within this 12 months, maybe. But not like when someone's married and has gone through like years and milestones having a child and like, I don't know if they bought a house or whatever, right? So they've been through probably way more. Mm-hmm. And I'm just talking off of like, assumption of like a married yeah, married course, couple yeah. right and so as you go throughout your decades you realize people are different at each stage of their life you're mm-hmm. gonna have to meet the new person every single year or every other five years someone changes and evolves and that affair is an indicator of what that person was going through at that time they didn't have the balls to talk to like whomever whatever partner and let them know like, Hey, I am missing X, Y, and Z. And mm-hmm. then, so I'm there for, I'm going to go out of our bound, our married boundary and like step out of it and like go seek whatever he was seeking. Yeah. Right. So that was something internal for him. And then for the other partner, I'm assuming it's the husband that cheated. Yeah. Right. And so then the wife is, it's up to her. Mm-hmm. Right. And what she's able to tolerate, some people can't tolerate it. And it's like, you cheated on me. I'm done. Divorce. Right. Mm-hmm. For her, in her mind and her values, I love this man so much. I get it. Whatever he was going through, 
I empathize, I forgive, and what we have is much bigger. And remember I said, like, it's not about, like, just being soulmates. It's, like, being intentional. Mm. It's, like, I want to make this work with you. And if he wants to make it work with her and say, oh, my God, I fucked up, like, my bad. Um, I'm so sorry. Let me make it up to you. Let me rebuild our foundation, re-cement, like, what we had then like that will work because it's a choice and a decision that that couple makes and it's respected. Yeah, of course. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Do you feel that you wouldn't be where you are today if it wasn't for those experiences? Like, you know, moving to LA, doing this, like, you know, you're basically hustling, grinding, like, you know, you're going from the bottom to the top. Yeah, I think it's, I think about it and I like, I'm around a lot of young people and I try to, help them through their thoughts and, and what they're dealing with. And, you know, we try to bring on interns at our studios and then they end up just, they try to move here from their cities and yeah. they end up not having the money and can't be reliable. And I'm just like, I know what you're going through. I've been there and I was more educated than most of them are. And I still struggle the same way. And I'm like, so there's not going to be a way this is just going to make sense, but it always makes sense. When you look back, you can see these dots mm -hmm. and you can see how the turning points and you can see when things really what worked out, what didn't. But when you're in it, you can't you, you can't see that stuff. You yeah. Know? Do you do you feel that you have a type of mentality where it's like you have to be like you're back against the wall in order for you to succeed? You know, I think the hardest thing that I still struggle with is I'm like I'm very good at caring about other people. Right. Mm. And that's it's probably unique. Maybe it's coming from a small city. Maybe it's just the way that I, my DNA is or something. Mm -hmm. But, like, when I can lock in with someone else's vision or what they want, like, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, what, what are we doing? But when it's me trying to figure out my life, and it, yeah. it's like, uh -huh. oh, man, the struggle. And then I'm like, oh, man, why am I worried about this? And then I try to switch the focus to someone else. So when I started out here, oh, wow. I think it was like that was actually my success. I jumped into these big studios and just threw myself at them and I would just commit to whatever. Oh, your music video, I'll pull up for free. I'll do this. Like, and, yeah. but I was learning and I was gaining contacts and I didn't realize the experience was like showing me that it's easier than I think. Yeah. Cause when I was making my music in my bedroom in Palm Springs, I just knew it wasn't where it needed to be. And then I see these people making it on a real level and I'm like, Oh, they're still, they're still human. They're still struggling mm -hmm. with the same confidence and the same, mm -hmm. like, what do I do? And so just kind of seeing the, the mask kind of be taken off and like getting to see some real things happen made it maybe, maybe believe I could probably do something myself too, you know? Nice dude. But, uh, no, there's this, a uh, CEO. He was like a tech CEO and he, uh, his, one of his homies was like, yo, you should do this, like triathlon with me. And he doesn't train. He's just like a fit guy. Doesn't train. He gets like seventh place, and he feels like he's on top of the fucking world. And he's like, "Fuck yeah, man! I can't believe I fucking did this. I killed it." And then he was like, "Yo, my goal is first place next year. Like, I'm gonna fucking train. I'm gonna kill it." I think he ends up getting like second or third. And he was like, "That was the lowest time in my life." <laughs> oh, jeez. He was like, "I expect to be first because I put in so much effort. The first time I didn't do anything, I didn't expect anything." But I felt way better seventh than I did second or third. And I see that far too much with people trying to have super high expectations for themselves where they chalk everything up to nothing, right? And and everyone who looks up to them is like, damn, what do you mean? Like, I love to you. I think you're fucking doing great. And sometimes, you know, you, you need that support system. But at the same time, it's like, bro, you, you've done a lot and you should come to realize that on your own. But when you don't, like, hopefully... 
you have people around you who will tell you otherwise, you know? Yeah. But that's why I'm, I'm trying to tell you right now. It's like try and be that support system, maybe, you know? Oh, like, no, no, I, I appreciate that. I don't know yeah. how you feel on this, but for me, yeah. I don't I don't I don't feel that way where yeah. it's like I can balance these two ideas where I'm like, I have big like I, I try and have big audacious goals, mm-hmm. but I am happy already. Like I'm happy with what I got. Mm-hmm. I am very like content and like I could stop at any time, you know, and it doesn't my goals are not tied to my self-worth or my like self-respect. I'm like, if I don't achieve these, it's not going to affect me okay. in a bad way because I'm like, I've already like, I've gotten here and I am happy, but I don't, I've spent like a year more of being complacent and like buying into my own hype yeah. where I'm like, damn, I did it. Like I did so good, you know? Yeah. And I felt like, man, like I'm not hungry anymore. Like mm. I'm not like trying like how I used to try. I'm not as motivated. I'm not as disciplined and stuff. So now I'm like, I have, have these big goals and I want to achieve them, but it's not tied to like how, how I feel about myself, you know, because mm, okay. I, I'm, I am very happy. Like, so let, let me ask you this, right? I want both your opinions and perspectives. Like when was the last time that you guys felt like you felt, fell short and what did you feel that moment and how did you get past it? Mm. Cause I feel like I fall short all the time and, you know, listen, Mario is like, Oh, have a good business. I do this and do that. Like, yeah, it almost goes back to social media. Like, yeah, we fucking succeed, right? But then there's not enough emphasis on, like, when you do fall short and yeah. and how to cope with it. And then when you do it as people that other people look up to, like, they're like, well, they never fall short. They ne- never seem to feel ashamed or, or, like, shortcomings come true. Like, when I have my shortcomings, then I don't know how to process it. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to cope with it. So... That's kind of more of the reason why mm. I asked because people who are kind of, yeah. you know, on the journey that you guys are at, maybe, you know, have not reached that level of success. Like, I'm I'm curious as to, you know, like, maybe they can relate more hearing about how you dealt with it. The shortcomings I can think of off the top of my head is more of, like, videos. Mm. So it's like YouTube is probably my biggest platform. I think I have close to a million subscribers on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. So when you drop a video, it's like this video does well. But the next one doesn't do as well. You're like, it just it 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 does something to you, right? Um, I dropped a video with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It actually it, it's it's doing pretty well. It has um, four out of ten. So basically, YouTube. But if you go to YouTube Analytics, it says like where this video ranks out of your last ten videos, and it was number four. Mm. Oh, it's good. So it's like it's cool, but it's like it should be number one. It's not. Why is it not? And then it just keeps going back to that type of thing because I think 30,000 in four days is shit on my YouTube channel, right? Yeah. Well, obviously, there's other people who don't think that. Yeah, we don't like, love oh, that. success. It's not, right? Because yeah. I look at people who have, in four days, 300,000. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, fuck, dude. Oh. Like, why the fuck is a mind doing that shit, you know? Yeah. So I, it's, it's, the, it's the levels to things, but it's, uh, it, that's the kind of shit that fucks with my head. Is is like fuck? Wow. This should not be where it's at right now. This should be fucking way more than 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 where it's at. That, that's the only thing I could think of. of that's, is this the one? Crazy. Is this the what's it called? Is the happy one? Say you love me. Say so you, it's kind of that's happy. why it's kind of because it's happy, <laughs> and all your fans are sad. No, so, so 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 that's the thing too. Is that when I do make happy music, 
It does. It doesn't do good. <laughs> it's it's it, 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 it's a thing. It's a thing. I swear to God, it's a thing. <laughs> that's what. It's no, a thing. that's honestly what I was it's imagining. Yeah, yeah. I, swear to God. I know. I know. I, I see it because I listen to your like top songs and I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, these are all, all like fucking depressing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They would love if I talked about killing myself. Yeah, talking about love. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Like I don't mind it. Yeah. But I do have to be aware of it because. You know, it, it can't take an effect. It's like, fuck, okay, this isn't doing as well as my mm. last one. Let me, like, fuck, am I doing this well? Like, it's just, it's just fucking trash, yeah. you know? It's just fucking trash. But someone may look at that and be like, dude, you got fucking 30,000 in fucking four days. Yeah. But I don't see it as, as success. Hey man, mm. it was a good song. I, I liked it. I appreciate that. I think yeah. there's a part where you- I think I saw the V2. Yeah, good. you talk about being better uh, for yourself for her. You yes. Know? And I'm like, yeah. I, like, I vibe with that. I, I've yeah. done that before where it's like sometimes it doesn't matter what it is that inspires you to become better. Just that you try and become better. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you can do it for yourself. But sometimes it's a woman, you know, a man, someone yeah. in your life, someone special. You know, you find inspiration from anything. And yeah. I, I think being able to do that, especially with a significant other, you're like, damn, like I can be better and I can do it for this person. You know, and you guys yeah. can do it together. And I think that's, that's beautiful. The imposter syndrome, uh, will I get to where I want to go? Am yeah. I good enough? All these thoughts, bro. Everybody fucking... Mm. Yeah. Everybody deals with that. I, I deal with that too, where I'm like, you know what? I have carved out some success for myself. I, you know, I run, um, I run my family's company. We do really great. I've started another company. We do, really, we do really good. I have this too. But sometimes I'm like, I feel like a, I'm a fake. Like mm. I legit feel like, yeah, I feel you know, I'm like, damn, I'm like... I feel like a lazy piece of shit and I'm like, I'm only, I vote, this is only because I've been, and a lot of it is luck. Don't get me wrong. A lot of it is opportunity, capitalizing opportunity and luck. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm like, dude, not that I don't deserve this, but I'm like, oh, I don't, I mean, am I good enough to like keep doing this? Like, no, you're good I enough, feel, bro. You yeah. I, and like, it's it, it just, yeah. it's like these dips. And I feel like it's sometimes just part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. Like you I'm have sure these like am. dips and ups and I'm like, some days I feel like I'm the fucking shit. I'm like, damn, <laughs> I'm doing this. Like my, I have this like hyper confidence and I'm like, go, go, go. And I get everything done. And other days I'm just like, oh fuck. I'm like juggling at all these things. And I'm like, how am I going to keep doing this? Like, I feel mm. like I'm, I'm going to slip and like, it's all going to come crashing down. Yeah. And I, I think part of it is just like realizing that like, it's just normal to feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you're going to feel the way that way the next day. I also do feel like we're in a very special time where that feeling of imposter syndrome is like extrapolated because we are in an age of comparison. You know what I mean? Yeah. Social and, media. Yep. Yeah. Social media. And they always say, you know, like comparison is the thief of happiness. For you, you could probably think that you're doing really well and then you compare yourself to someone else doing a little bit better. But the thing about social media and all those things is it doesn't tell the full story, mm-hmm. right? Like I mentioned a couple of times, I've, you know, when I felt comfortable in my own skin was when I was at a table full of millionaires talking about business stuff. And I was like, damn, I don't feel like I fucking belong here. You know, like what, why do they respect me enough to have me here, you know? And as we became friends and talked about things, they, they were envious of certain things that I was doing. That they couldn't do. Like what? Uh, if, so, if, if I may ask. Yeah, yeah of course, of course. Yeah, uh, I'm a huge traveler and, uh, you know, my life just seems like I'm always just fucking enjoying it in every way, you know. And that is kind of my mindset. Like, even if it's a bad time, it's the best bad time I've ever had. That's the way I always <laughs> think about it. It's a good way to put it. Best bad time I've ever had. Yeah, you know. I'm going to use that for my next show, <laughs> hey, bro. There you go, bro. It's, it's going to be it's on all yours. It's all yours. Just features, you know. Best but, bad time I've ever had. Write that down, please. <laughs> please thank you. 
you talked about like uh, depression and you talked mm-hmm. about like taking you're taking like antidepressant pills, right? Yes, I sure am. Yeah. Prozac, twenty yeah. milligrams now as of last week. Okay. I'm on day twenty eight of my happy pills. Um it has not worked yet, but <laughs> <laughs> that is not the point. It's the point of um therapy and like taking happy pills is like you're taking a step for your own mental health and a step for your growth and there's a lot of bad stigma out there about like seeking help and therapy Mm -hmm. and i want everyone to know that it's okay to ask for help not everyone has it together because you you might think your problems aren't a lot but it actually is and affects you every day um so yeah i'm asking for help i looked for help i tried to help ask for help like six seven years ago mm-hmm. and then when i got the like approval from my provider i called them they were like we're booked we can't help you mm-hmm. click i was like what the fuck so i was like you know what i'll figure it out by myself so and then now six years later i'm like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna ask for help again because right now in our generation mental health is very prevalent and everyone's seeking for it so it's easier now more accessible now is there something that's consistent between the people that you've been interested in like, you know, are they funny? Are they open? Are they vulnerable? No, they're not they funny. Short, tall. I really don't have a type. If people ask me that all the time. I'm like, I don't have a type. I don't know what to tell y'all. If people want to be want me to be in a relationship so bad, they're like, we're going to find you someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for all the girls out there, let me tell y'all this, bitches. Just because your gay friend is gay does not mean we got a date. You do not have to introduce <laughs> us to each other. Like, he's gay, you're gay, talk to each other, love each other. That does not how it works. Like, can you imagine, like, if me as a gay person had a single friend, I had to introduce you to all the single hetero- heterosexual friends I had to you. Like, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So. Yeah, I'm like, do not do that shit. That's so fucking You're annoying. You're basically saying, like, those girlfriends of yours have a standard to introduce you, and that standard is they're gay. Oh, you're gay? Perfect. Yeah. You're, you love my friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. So like, you get offended. I don't get offended. It's annoying. Oh. It's like, just because we have one common thing, which is our sexual preference, mm-hmm. we got to date each other? Yeah. Is that how it works? Is that how it works in heterosexual relationships? No. I've done that. Like, Where I'm like, oh, that? you're gay? Let me choose you my gay friend. Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. fucking annoying. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, I got with Henry before. Like, oh, you do know Henry? You date? I'm like, no, no, we're just friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just friends. Just because we're gay do not mean we need a date. And it's yeah. so annoying. It's probably because it tends to be like, oh, you know, majority of social circles are heterosexual. You know, oh, you have your one or two gay friends. Yeah. Hey, you're gay. They're gay too. Mm-hmm. I you're love friend. him. I love you. Let's bring it together. <laughs> Y'all like, fuck each other. <laughs> like, it just don't work like that. I'm sorry, girls. It just don't work like That's that. That's funny. Yeah, because I do see that a lot. I identify as solo polyamorous, which is mm. even like less known than polyamorous. Yeah. So polyamorous people, oh my gosh, it's like the non-monogamy is like the umbrella term, mm-hmm. right? And then under that, you have different types of non-monogamy. So you have like swingers, you have people with open relationships, you have polyamorous folks, you have maybe like polygamy, which is like multiple wives, one mm-hmm. man. So polyamorous really just means like poly means many. Amorous means loves. So just the ability to love multiple people. Um, Solo. I identify as solo polyamorous because the solo piece is, for me, um, I don't strive to be part of a couple in any way. So some polyamorous people will, like, still search for, like, a partner or multiple partners. They want to be kind of, like, enmeshed in Mm -hmm. some way. They want to live with someone maybe or they want to, like, yeah, and like merge their life with one or more people, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Um, 
I identify as solo polyamorous because I don't really care to live with a partner. Mm. Um, I don't care to get married. I don't plan on having children. And I orient myself based on myself and my needs. So I can have like multiple relationships, but my main relationship is with myself. Like I'm my own private. You're independent. Yeah, I'm independent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. which a lot of some polyamorous folks don't like the independence of that. Some people think it's selfish to be too independent, which is really interesting. Mm. Yeah, and it's like you're 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 too free. You're too solo. There's like less of an attachment. That's crazy because (laughs) being polyamorous in general is like very free. It is supposed to be very free. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's even too Mm -hmm. free for those. Oh, Mm -hmm. it's so weird. When I first like saw Mm -hmm. that people like kind of resisted that, or or people treat solo polyamorous folks as like, well, okay, kind of like more casual. Because you're not ever going to be quote unquote committed, which is not necessarily true. Um, commitment just looks different for solo That's, polyamorous. What people. does commitment look like for you? It depends on the relationships that I'm in, but for me, commitment feels like I want to keep this going for as long as I can. Like I want to make this work, just, you know, through the challenges. In the same way that I would be committed if I were monogamous. Like mm. I, I want to nourish this relationship for as long as I can. If you had a chance to say one more thing to your dad, what would that be? I'm sorry. Yeah. That's like, whoa, curveball. Yeah. The last thing that happened to my dad before he went to the hospital, we got in an argument. Mm. And he was, I was helping him into the bathroom. This is crazy. I've never told anybody this shit. Yo, man, this is supposed to be rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> yo, oh, so... Me and my dad had that conversation we talked about earlier. We had yeah. it in the hospital, like, when he kind of came back a couple of days before he passed yeah. away. But, like, before that, two weeks before that, what sent him to the hospital was he fell in the bathroom. And the reason he fell in the bathroom was because he, I had come in and I helped him go from the kitchen to the bed. And I, he was in a wheelchair and I lifted him up. And he was probably about a good 230, 235. So it was work, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I lifted him out the out the wheelchair, put him in the bed, tucked him in all nice, whoop de whoop. And I went into the living room to do whatever dumb, meaningless, so meaningless, I don't remember what I was doing. And he was like, JJ, JJ. And I was like, fuck. I was like, what, dad? And this is just like stupid adolescent, like impatience or whatever. And he was like, I got to go pee. And I'm like, man, fuck. Why you didn't tell me that when I like just fucking took you into the room? Mm-hmm. I didn't say those words, right? Yeah. I never would cuss at my dad. I was like, why you didn't tell me when I needed to, when I put you in the bed? And I was, and I was visibly frustrated. And I was like, and he was like, he was like, I didn't know I had to pee. And I was like, all right, man, well, come on, let's go. And I'm helping him up. And I'm maybe being a little rough. And he used to have to wear this strap around him. And I would like hold the back of the strap with a twist and I would walk with him to the bathroom and he went to turn around and now he's frustrated because I think he's embarrassed because he didn't know he had to pee before yeah. he got in the bed. And he was like, get, get out, get out. I got it. I was like, all right, fine. I got out and my dad fell. And then he went to the hospital and yeah. And so like when I had that conversation with him, we didn't talk about that, you know. And I know that he was going. Like, we're talking about a 10-year battle. Yeah. You know? So it's not like I... Maybe this is me convincing myself, but it's not like I sped up the process or something, right? No. no. But, like, he never came home from yeah. the hospital that time. And so I know my dad knows wherever he is. 
that it's all good. You know, it was time. And my dad was suffering for 10 years. And he finally said goodbye. Yeah. But we never talked about it in that last conversation in the hospital. And I never talked to my moms about this. And I never talked to nobody about this. You know what I'm saying? And, like, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, if I didn't do that, maybe it would have, he would have held on for a little longer. But he was, like, couldn't walk, bro. And, like, the reason he, the reason he, uh, passed away wasn't because he fell it was because his body stopped responding to the dialysis you know so it, it was unrelated but it was the, it was it was like it was just he went to the hospital because he fell and he and then while he was in the hospital like he wasn't taken to the dialysis no yeah. more and of course like for the first like five years that was just like torment not to the point of like it didn't like it didn't like uh dehab like what's the word i'm like they didn't make it to where i couldn't function yeah. but it was yeah debilitate me like but it, it it was always in the back of my head. Yeah. So You felt that blame. Yeah, if, it, if I could say one more thing to my daddy, it would be so many things. But the first thing is like, man, I'm so sorry that I didn't exercise patience when you needed me to exercise patience the most. And a lot of the way I get down now is like patience is a very big part of my active practice. You know, and I fail often, but I'm actively like be patient. Be patient with people, be patient with circumstances, be patient with your career, be patient yeah. in your relationship, be patient with, with everybody's behavior around you because like, like someone else's experience can, can all be altered for your lack of patience for them, which also comes down to respect for their experience, yeah. right? And so I was just a stupid kid at, at 20 years old and just like, why you didn't tell me, man? Yeah. Like, damn, I got to come back here and do this again. Oh, you know, it's like, I didn't fucking know I had to go pee. Just get the fuck out there and get out. I could do it myself. Yeah. And his own pride, too, you know, which 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 is, like, uh, expected, right? So, yeah, I would say, like, I'm sorry, Dad, that I did that, you know. But I also would be like, man, the, 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 the follow-up would be like, dog, look. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we are lit. You know, and I know, I, know, I, know he'd be, I know he'd be super happy and super proud, and uh, I know he is, and I feel it know. in me. And he, li he lives with me at all times. So I, I don't have this feeling of, like, you know, does my dad forgive me or any? I don't have, I don't, I don't carry none of that. But yeah. it is just like, damn. Yeah. Even if I would have been able to chop with him in that last conversation where he came back and he was fully coherent, I wish in that moment I'd be like, man, I'm so sorry because I knew it then that I was like, yo, what? Like when he went to the hospital, I was like, oh, he's gonna be straight, he's gonna come yeah. home. And then my mom was like, daddy's not coming home. I don't think. You know, they, he's, he's slipping. And the dialysis ain't taken, and we might have to put him on hospice. And it was like, bro, what? Came out like, yo, man, you know. Oh, man. And it was like he fell, and I told my mama he fell, without all that context, you know. And and yeah, man, that's crazy. I've never ever talked about that with nobody. Thanks for sharing that, man.